Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, Annie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like Sorry. that from the beginning. Uh, that's why I just said hello to you in Korean. So, uh, and you know what? I decided we had to begin that way to confuse you. A, B, because today's episode is something that we've been talking about doing for a long time. Yes, it's been a long time coming. We're talking about K-dramas. And uh, you know one thing we have to do is we need to get back Marissa, who we've had on the show before. Shout out, hey, Marissa. Because mm-hmm. uh, I know she probably knows this more than I do, for sure, even with the research. Because uh, her and her mother apparently really have a bond, her mother especially, when it comes to uh, K-dramas. And we kind of wanted to take a look and take a trip about why, especially with like the U.S. or non-Korean people, we're really digging K-dramas right now. And yeah, we're going to do it. You ready to do yes. it? Okay. Oh, and um, I will tell you all, I gave Annie some homework mm-hmm. for this episode. I think I kept changing though. I got so excited. I was like, here's this list. No, do this list. No, do mm-hmm. this list. Mm-hmm. That is part of my journey as well in trying to kind of get comfortable with my Korean heritage, which I have for so long have tried to ignore or run away from. So if you hear me fumbling in this episode, which you may not because Christina, our super producer, Christina, is amazing in editing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you do hear it, yeah, this is a lot. Like when I when I talk about Korean issues or topics, I get really anxious about it. So I'm going to put that at the top. But this should be a more fun question mark. <laughs> yeah. Episode. <laughs> because when I do topics, you never know how it'll turn out, do we? Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, and by the way, we probably will choose uh, a K-drama or at least a K-movie for a future feminist movie episode. Uh, but for now, we're just going to talk about why there are so many who hearts. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing I'm yeah, doing this. There we is. go. That's the heart. Okay. The heart yeah. uh, uh-huh. K-drama. Mm-hmm. Are yeah, you we're ready? not even talking about K-pop, just K-drama. K-drama. We do mention yeah. K-pop, but we're not talking about 
that specifically. Mm-hmm. So what mm-hmm. are we talking about exactly? And yes, before you come at us, because I know there's a lot of people who are really passionate about this topic. We are talking more along the lines of the K-wave, and let's explain that in a minute, in general, with a more focus on K-dramas. So when we're talking about the love of Korean culture, we might be saying this interchangeably and not a little bit out of context. So if we do, don't yell at us. No. Don't yell at us. Um, (laughs) So let's do a quick definition. K-dramas or Korean dramas are typically, quote, limited scripted series ranging from 16 to 24 episodes. And this is according to The Hollywood Insider. And they oftentimes are an hour long. Or if you're watching one like The Guardian or The Goblin, which was like the number four of all time Korean dramas, is an hour and 15 minutes per heartbreaking episode. And did I binge that? This week, yes, I did. Did I sob horribly at the end of it? Yes, I did. Did my dog jump off the couch watching me in horror and judgment while I was crying because of this ending? Maybe. (laughs) We're not going to talk about that. Anyway. I think that maybe sounded like a yes to me, (laughs) but all right. Uh, (laughs) The Hollywood Insider goes on with this description for K-dramas. Quote, K-dramas have the premise of your everyday soap opera and telenovela, but South Korean dramas always entail something different. Some shows contain romance, comedy, horror, sci-fi, and historical themes. Most of the time, they encompass a mix of those genres. Their storylines are oftentimes intricate while also engaging. Although each drama has different genres, they all obtain a sense of innocence and emotional depth, making it so enjoyable to watch. Audiences can connect with the characters and empathize with the raw emotions K-dramas are always exploring. And according to 90 Day Korean, K-drama simply means it, quote, pertains to television series created in South Korea. So, pretty simple. It's different. It's It's just very direct. Uh Um, And yeah, this was a part of a bigger phenomenon as we talked about the K-wave or Hallyu, which is a Chinese term of the global popularity of South Korean culture. Uh, And this term originated in 1997 with the popularity of a K-drama titled What is Love, which went mainstream in both China and Japan broadcasting. But then I think a bigger one happened later in Japan, like 2003? That's a guess. But yeah, so they they had their own wave as well. Um, And yeah, the wave kept spreading as the love of K-pop groups spread throughout, including in the U.S. Groups like Big Bang and others were loved all over the world by teens and those in their 20s. And in 2020, nearly 100 million people have joined a Hallyu or a K-Wave-related group, including fan groups for K-pop bands like BTS and Blackpink, which I love both of them. Did I listen to them as I was writing this episode? Yes. Yes, I was. Um, And the rise of K-pop music has not slowed down. In fact, it has expanded with media like MTV embracing its popularity and creating a best K-pop category in their MTV Video Music Awards in 2019. Um, And we all know because we've talked about this before, of the power of these fandoms, such as the ARMY or the BTS ARMY. They are a force. We don't Mm -hmm. mess with them. We love you. Mm -hmm. Uh, And with the wave only growing, the idea of South Korean culture has grown. Um, With distributions all over the world, K-drama has become widely accepted and loved and even makes it on the top viewing streams all over the world. Yes. Food is also a part of this. Um, yes. There's a whole push for it. Yeah, we're talking anyway, about food in there. Yeah, it's a thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's do a quick breakdown of some of the commonalities in K dramas. And 
Let's start with some of the typical tropes. According to Screen Rant, here are the top common K-drama tropes. Sudden amnesia, which is a great way to add suspense to your love story. Mm-hmm. Um, main characters who already know each other. Uh, you know, the whole, oh, we crossed paths one time, and now here we are again type thing. <laughs> um, the disapproving parents. The parents who do not approve of the partner's status or job. Best friend turned enemies. Um, something tragic happens, and now, whoops, enemies. Yes, I think those are the ones that are like the real... As in fact, the movie I sent you, The Suspect, which Gong mm-hmm. Yu is one of my favorites, that happens in there. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and then we have the friend, enemies, two lovers, of course. That, that's always a thing. Uh, then we have bringing in the K-pop idol, and we're going to talk about why that's important in a bit. But yeah, if you watch, again, The Guardian or The Goblin, which we, we were going to talk about a bit, you had a K-pop star in there, and people loved him. Uh, and then always a tragic event or illness, which is why I was sobbing, but why? Just but why? The dark past, you know. We have to have it for superhero movies. We have to have it for K-dramas, obviously. <laughs> the love triangles, yes. yes. That's obvious. And then there could be a Cinderella storyline. Not my favorite, but it happens, and we know it's a trope for many, many, many stories and movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, within all of that, we see plenty of product placement. Quite funny. Every time my partner came through to, as he would just walk by, Subway was constantly on that show. And I was like, that's what I got. Did a whole piece about <laughs> yes. that and made a, a parody K drama about Subway. Um, it's a whole thing. Yeah. It's a whole thing. So that, they really love those sandwiches. I'm I'm not going to lie. They didn't make it look good. I was like, oh, maybe I want a sandwich. Uh, <laughs> and of course, there's amazing heart-wrenching soundtrack. I think they have the whole like slow-mo dramatic music stare. If yeah. I've ever seen it. Like they have the classic, the best way to do this. Mm-hmm. And of course, the beautiful cinematic views. Mm-hmm. It's always glossy and very fancy looking, almost like a magazine come yeah. to life. Mm-hmm. All right. So those are the tropes. Well, who is watching? According to Statista.com, at least 77% of the people that they surveyed in 18 different countries believed that K-dramas are popular even outside of the dedicated fan groups. And in the U.S. in 2019, it's estimated around 18 million U.S. viewers streamed K-dramas, and the U.S. only makes 5 to 6% of the viewers at that time, only made up 5 to 6% of the viewers. Um, unlike Japan and China, uh, where the viewership reaches about 30% each. Um, and as a side note, K-drama popularity actually grew by 40% during the pandemic, according to one Korean streaming network, which does not surprise me. Right. And within that number of 18 million plus viewers in the U.S., many of them are non-Korean teenage girls. Uh, some explanations could be linked to the love of K-pop. This is why this crossover is so important. And uh, Korean filmmakers uh, use these different idols in the different shows in order to bring in that viewing. One leading network told Forbes, K-pop is the content that transfers most quickly online, but it crosses over into film, TV, food, and beauty. All of that combined has made our audience what it is today. And it's a smart play. 
This fact alone became a sort of K-drama in itself. Uh, the series Drama World premiered in 2016 on Netflix, and the basis of it is pretty much a young woman's love for K-drama. She's like, I think, 19. Uh, and what would happen if you actually fell into one, literally, like literally fell into the phone to the drama. And unlike true K-dramas, this series is 20 minutes per episode, uh, which takes you on this wild ride of a satirical look at K-drama. And yes, this is one of the ones that I made Annie watch to be like, this is a really great explainer of the mm-hmm. love of K-drama. Mm-hmm. Did you, you, well, so you got the both seasons, right? I did. I got to the end. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was interesting. I, <laughs> I don't know if I've told you this. Well, it was a very great explainer because I don't have that much experience outside of brief clips that I had seen before, before you gave me the homework. <laughs> Which I enjoyed. Very fan fiction-y, by the way. Um, (laughs) Self-insert is what this would be. Um, (laughs) But it has like a a rule book that was very Mm -hmm. helpful of like, this has to happen by episode three, this has to happen by episode six. But at first, I couldn't get the subtitles to work. And for the life of me, I couldn't figure out if I was supposed to not have subtitles. Because honestly, (laughs) like half of it's in English and half of it's in Korean. And right. you can figure out what they're saying, even if you don't yes. have the subtitles. So at first, was I, I was like, is this a creative choice that they made? <laughs> <laughs> but no, it wasn't. <laughs> no. No, I didn't know that. You didn't tell me that. That's amazing. I think I watched like three episodes. I kept trying to get them to work and nothing would come on. So I was like, oh, okay. I guess I, I'm supposed to just know <laughs> these tropes. Oh, dear. <laughs> the amazing thing. Yes. I cannot believe you went with it for that long, yeah, too. Uh-huh. Well, and, and so I, we kind of wanted to take a minute and talk about the tropes that they said mm-hmm. uh, in, the, in the movie. So here it is. Uh, it is the first kiss is the defining symbol of true love. The male lead must be a gentleman deeply considerate of women. A shower scene featuring said male lead is essential. Um, And the more obstacles there are to a couple's relationship, the truer the love becomes. So all of these things. And then they have bystanders who help make this happen. So, yes, it's very cute. Uh, Of course, it also may cater to the non-Korean uh, audience that loves the K drama, and it did. It was for the people who saw it, loved it. I think it just didn't generate a lot of views. It kind of went away for a little bit. I was very sad because I actually binged it real quick, and I really, really loved it because it is an easy watch. Uh, you fall in love with the characters. There's, it's, it's amazing. But then. It looked like, uh, it, even though it didn't look like they would have a second season, they did. Uh, Vicky Rakuten, I hope I'm saying that right, uh, which is, I think, a U.S. facilitator of these uh, Asian dramas. And it's not just Korean drama. It's all the Asian dramas. Uh, they brought on a second season uh, with characters coming back several years later. Like, there's several, all the, I believe all the originals who were playing that character with some uh, familiar faces in there that's added in. So I did not go all the way through the second season. I got to get through it. I got really caught up in the Guardian Goblin Mm. story. Well, which is well, well, ridiculous well, well, well. I know you you surpassed me. <laughs> you on give this, me so. homework and Good I job. do it. <laughs> you did. She's your dude. I was like, actually, I said you just need to watch a few episodes. You said as much you, as you can get did. through it. I was like, well, yeah. I can get through it all. All right. 
<laughs> impressed. Uh, but you know what? We should also note, women aren't the only ones watching. Many men have been enjoying uh, the tales as well with shows like Squid Games, Academy Award-winning movies like Parasite. Men have been watching more Korean content as well. So we don't want to negate that, uh, though we are specifically talking a lot more towards the rom-com look drama. Mm-hmm. But Parasite is a drama. Yeah. They actually kind of, like, it's both of those things. So Yeah, I think... Um, and I was kind of guilty of this as well. I do think of this sort of soap opera-y type thing when I hear mm-hmm. K-drama, but not. it means like much more than but, that. And, and technically, yeah, in Squid Games, it is a K-drama. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yeah. Yeah. It crossed over. <laughs> um, and speaking of crossover, with the use of star-powered crossovers to publicize the newest series in this realm, social media has made K-dramas even more popular. The K-wave has been made Increasingly popular, too, uh, thanks to social media platforms like Twitter. Um, In a Drum article written about the K-Wave, they say, Twitter has been called the holy place of K-pop because anyone can become a content producer or consumer, start a conversation, or become the one who spreads new information. And we know that these fans know how to use social media as both a tool and a weapon. Um, And today, more and more social media users have been sharing clips of their favorite series and movies, giving unexpected previews to followers who quickly search to find out uh, more about the series that others are talking about. It's kind of a a rabbit hole situation. It is. TikTok has made it big. Yeah. Um, And K-drama production companies have honed in on the power of social media, um, also sharing small videos and clips to promote the newest series. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? (laughs) Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. 
brilliantly boring since 1865 as a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. So... With all that, what makes K-dramas different? The common consensus is that it offers something different than the typical U.S. or mainstream series. Uh, For one, the pacing is different. And though each episode can feel like a movie, and yes, they do, at the end of the 16 to maybe 19 episodes, it's over. You don't continue on with the story. Uh, No 10-year plot, unlike... Things like Grey's Anatomy, which has been on and on, or Supernatural, which which went on for 15 seasons. The stories are intermixed with different themes. Instead of just being one thing, it can be a dramatic comedy about aliens or gods or a coming-of-age story involving mermaids. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then there's this lack of spice. Don't get me wrong. It can still feel spicy. But this content in general is wholesome. Uh, The kiss, and I do mean the kiss is a huge plot point. Um, There's always a giant lead-up. The creators intentionally built up the kiss to translate that as a significant point to the plot and moment in the series. The series is more likely to be focused on the emotional growth and aspect and not necessarily of the physical connections. And then, yes, food is a significant character on its own. Many of the scenes take place around a dinner setting or at a restaurant, and then they aren't afraid to have their characters eat and eat well, whether it's noodles, fried chicken, kimbap, or banchan, you'll always see a glorious array of a colorful feast. I love it. Mm -hmm. It makes me hungry. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And all of those things combined make it appealing for uh, the outside viewers. But on top of that, there is a level of relatability in these roles. Um, The drum wrote, Korean culture is very accessible, and there has been such a push for K-dramas and stories that are rooted in Korean settings, but have universal themes and archetypes that everyone across the globe can relate to. They are built on this accessible universality that has really resonated with people. Right. And then there is that level of intimacy uh, the viewers crave, the emotional relationships that take place throughout the series. It is a relationship-oriented thing, and all of it seems to be based on new, or at least at the beginning of the relationship. So people get really invested. And for dramas, once again, like The Guardian or Goblin, because it's according to how you translate it, The Lonely and Great God, it looks to explore death and grief on a scale both intimate and grand. Uh, And most of these series are created to look at different challenges with a fantastical level of perception. So it makes it more interesting way to grieve, I guess. And then there is a difference in the gender roles and appeal within the industry as well as the series themselves. With the rise of more women writers in the K-drama world, uh, they give a different perspective and interpretation in the film industry. And this brings us to the female gaze in the industry as well. In 2021, Vogue India did an article titled, In Case You Missed It, I-C-Y-M-I, K-dramas have turned the male gaze on men. So, Different perspectives here. The writer explores what that actually looks like and how women screenwriters have been allowing for women to express their sexuality through these series and films. Um, And in this article, they write, looking at men through a distinctly female gaze is a reflection of a bolder attitude towards women's sexuality for viewers as well as for the writers. Um, And in that same article, they say, with a higher volume of female voices in the writer's room, it also stands to reason that on-screen displays of affection are treated with greater sensitivity and care, unlike the bedsheet-ripping, tables 
being knocked over archetype propagated by mainstream television, the camera doesn't treat women as an object to underscore the sensuality of a moment. Instead, it delves into the emotions attached to the experience. Uh, With K-dramas, the thrill is always about the emotional journey, and physical intimacy is consistently treated as secondary. And this is in the article. The fangirl verdict affirms and adds, it's not uncommon for the camera to linger appreciatively and indulgently over the male lead, but no matter how the scene is framed, the focus will be on close-ups of the lead couple's face with extra attention given to their eyes so that we can interpret how the physical intimacy stems from their emotional intimacy and what the milestones means to them both. And because the perspective of the stories are from women, the leading woman has started to change as well, the sort of archetype of the leading woman. Um, Whether they are the innocent young girl or the powerhouse executive, the women in charge in the writing room have made changes uh, to see these women as leaders in these in these case dramas as well. Right. And the perspective of the men has been rewritten. The sensitive soul, who we often see with a single tear running down their cheeks, has become more in demand. With some shirtless scenes. Yeah, sure. Of course. Um, <laughs> and also with the continued rise of women writers, uh, according to the Korean Broadcast Writers Union, they estimated that 94.6% of screenwriters were women in 2018. Uh, we see a rise of women-led series. In 2021, at least 53% of the lead characters in the dramas were women. The portrayals have slowly changed over the years, yes, uh, with more women. At the helm of these scripts, the diversity of careers and choices the women make within these stories has only grown. There are many different arguments as to why these changes have been happening. Um, Is it a reflection of where women in South Korea are today? With the declining birth rate and marriage rates, uh, women are changing. Is it just a reflection of that? Right. And could it be feminism? Um, And as we recently talked about the state of feminism and gender equality in South Korea, it seems that the women in the film industries are speaking out as well. The recent success of the novel turned movie Kim Ji-young Born 1982, which follows the life of a housewife battling depression, gender discrimination, and inequality, has only shown the pervasive need for more conversation concerning the unequal balances when it comes to women and marginalized people in that country. And as screenwriter of the movie said, quote, today's women don't just want to see women portrayed favorably. They want to see women who can do anything, even if that's lie, cheat, and fight for power. And they are seeking, quote, to have their anxieties recognized. Uh, But even with all these good things and the things that we love, there are controversies within K-drama. For so long, before the direction of the different series changed, like we just talked about, there were many problematic issues, and honestly, there still are, that made many viewers uncomfortable. The series often romanticized abusive relationships with young young love and young dating. Uh, Also, with the fact that the male often male protagonists often forcibly grabbing women's arms or like pulling at them uh, to kiss them or to make a passionate speech or how they continue to glance over things like emotional and physical abuse towards children or uh, towards housewives or wives in general. And in 2017, it was so bad that Amnesty International Korea actually reprimanded K-dramas for these types of portrayals. 
Mm-hmm. And then there are the unrealistic standards set by many of these beautiful actors and actresses. Uh, and though most do know that it is unrealistic, it doesn't change that the beauty industry profits a lot uh, from these series. Many of the more popular stars and pop stars have their own cosmetic and beauty lines. The Korean standard for women continues to haunt them, and having these betrayals only perpetuates those standards. There's also very little LGBTQ plus representation. And though things have been changing, the country as a whole is not completely welcoming to that community, Um, not unlike the U.S. The characters and storylines for gay characters often seem tokenized and queer-baiting, but they have made strides. Um, And in general, for anything that is deemed controversial, censorship of content is common. In 2014, after a film showed Two Girls Kissing, they received a warning from the Korea Communications Standards Commission for, quote, broken moral standards. And as we said earlier, some of the content is often criticized as queer baiting. A specific category, which came from Japanese manga and anime titled uh, BL, or Boys Love, um, which depicts a relationship between two men, has been both praised and criticized Some of those criticisms include that they have only one-dimensional depictions as well as it being seen as fetishism for cis straight women who are often the ones writing and watching this specific content. And though the LGBTQ plus community um, has received support from the country as a whole, like for instance, a Times article reported seven out of 10 South Koreans believe that it is wrong to discriminate against sexual minorities, still representation has been lacking And the government has not helped in pushing for more representation and equality to the queer community, even though, yeah, most support an anti-discrimination law that was proposed in 2017. It might not be voted on until 2024, though. Yeah, if at all, let's be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, And kind of similar to what we talked about in our romance novel episode, uh, there's a conversation about, is it giving unrealistic expectations in love. Some feel that this type of drama often sets up its viewers to fail. Is it healthy to expect that being together with someone will solve all your problems? Of course not. That the toxic then turned good guy will always remain that good guy? No. That if there isn't magic in a relationship, then it's not a good or a real one. So people keep, it's kind of that whole thing of Who believes what and what are the expectations? I believe we already talked about that as being said. That's not typically true for those who consume this, but, you know, it is something to question. Sure, sure, sure. However, there are studies out there that show that some mental health professionals use K-dramas as a source. Some have talked about how important shows like these help to stigmatize mental health issues and even have used these specific dramas as a conversation starter. Uh, there's a therapist who uses it for marriage and family therapy. Uh, the therapist, Jenny Y. Chang, told Forbes, uh, in our culture, there's a stigma to talking about even being depressed or being anxious. Let me tie in a K-drama, and it really connects with the parents especially. Go ahead and watch this scene. This is your homework. And even if you have not watched the drama, they can watch this scene. And they'll come back to me and say, okay, now I can visualize what you mean. And it has helped bridge the gap a little between cultures. So I found that fascinating. That's something to note. Who knows? Because I will say, they are not afraid of showing emotion. <laughs> no. <laughs> so much emotion. <laughs> A lot of emotion. Um, <laughs> I, again, in the sample set, I have consumed. 
Uh, yes. That was my experience, yes. Mm-hmm. That's true. Okay, so because we've done all of this, and I did, you were like, let's, let's talk about the specific dramas. Which shows, we know that you did Drama World. Yeah. Give me a list of what you watched. I get. Well, I, I did your whole list. Um, did you? I did Which that. one? Because there was three. I didn't finish. You did send me several lists. I took a picture <laughs> of it. Um, I did. Okay, so I haven't finished Goblin or Guardian, uh, but I did. I think I got to eight or nine, and there's, what, 20? 16. 16. The okay. last three are like the specials of the behind the scenes. They're quite long. I was not anticipating that. I didn't either. I think because I was watching it and I was like, because I saw I was on a free trial of the Vicky Rakuten. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I saw there's only two. And I was like, okay, I'll get to the end of this two and see how I'm doing. And I, I remember at one point I was like, surely I've watched like four already. And yeah. Not because I didn't like them, but because I wasn't <laughs> anticipating that much to happen in one episode. Yes, there's a lot. And then they have these breaks where you don't quite know mm-hmm. if it's the ending. Right. And this is the whole like dramatic yes. sound and lights uh-huh. and all of the all of the effects. So yes, I agree with you. Also, I did the same thing when I first watched the two episodes. I was like, okay, I watched six episodes, cool. And I was like, oh no, that was that was that was one, <laughs> two. Oh, oh wow, okay. When we were doing this episode, I was like, I'm going to need a second because I would like to get through this. And I did not realize I'm not even halfway through. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I tried my best. I tried my darndest. You did good. You did good. good. Uh, This is one of those ones, too. Like, I have seen many people go back and forth. Like, it was, again, one of the most highly rated shows because this came out in 2016. But like people are like, I didn't get into it. It was hard to get into. It is. It, could, it like I found it entertaining, but trying to marathon this, it's hard. So mm-hmm. for me specifically, these types of dramas, I can do it, but it's a lot harder to do than I expect because the episodes are so long. And when it's shorter, you take the breaks. But they do give you breaks with that dramatized stuff. It was fun. I mean, I enjoyed it. It was not what I thought it was going to be at all. I know. Like time jumps and... Yeah. Demons and Grim Reapers. and <laughs> I love that they did a... Gr- I think they did a great job with the flashbacks because you don't quite know what's happening. You think you kind of know. And mm-hmm. there's some of the things like, yeah, I definitely know this. But I was like, oh. 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 It's pretty funny, too. It's a funny... Yes. I laughed a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of And they of poke like, fun at themselves yes. often. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It was a lot of like, we realized this is kind of ridiculous, but yes, this Grim Reaper... They're in a roommate situation, and yes. uh, they don't like each other, but they kind of like each other. <laughs> yeah, yes, it's quite hilarious. Uh, they, I don't know if you've made it to the point. I'm sure you saw the the. Which, by the way, I saw this clip in TikTok. The walk up scene when they're rescuing her in the car kidnapping yes. oh, scene. Yeah. I saw that. That's okay. Did you see the throwback to it? I think she no. actually makes a comment and makes fun of it, and they do a throwback and they completely make fun of the whole thing. <laughs> I think I just got to the, like, big reveal. I won't spoil it, but about, like, after the bus thing. Oh, okay. Um, I think that's where I am. So I don't know if okay. I had, I don't think it, I would have noticed. No, it. you would have noticed it. It was a, yeah. very obvious. So there's a lot to this. And I, I really enjoyed what it was because this is your very typical, what you would think of as K-drama. Uh, and Gong Yu, who is a huge celebrity in, in Korea as well as outside of South Korea because he was in Squid Games and so many more things, uh, he apparently had taken a hiatus 
And this was one of his first acting gigs back. Mm-hmm. Um, and so everybody was super excited about his return. Um, there's also a great point where they make fun of him as the actor. Mm-hmm. They actually say his name. I thought it was hilarious. I was like, what was happening? Mm-hmm. The one thing, and again, I didn't, we didn't talk about this with the problematic things. They're starting to do a flip all of a sudden, and I love this. But the one of the biggest conversations about it is the age gap in yeah. many of the actors that portray it, the male protagonist to the female mm-hmm. protagonist. So we have a very, like, I was uncomfortable as mm-hmm. much as I enjoyed it, I was really uncomfortable by the fact that she was a high schooler, yeah. even though she's 19, but he mm-hmm. was obviously 39 and she's 19. There's like so much awkwardness to me that yeah. I was like, I don't, I am not comfortable with any of this conversation. Mm-hmm. Even though she was actually 25. Right. She's a 25-year-old. Still, the, the difference in ages, which is so okay oftentimes when it's a man to a woman. Right. It's, it is. It's, it can be a problematic thing. That's I cannot not think of that. That is not something that I can do. Right. Did that with the whole uh, Game of Thrones, a House of oh, Dragon. I was yeah. like, I am so uncomfortable with this whole situation that yeah. I needed to look up their ages and who was protecting these kids. Right. The one thing about K-dramas, once again, though, is they don't do... <laughs> Yeah. that romance flashy things that I'm so uncomfortable with. Even though it's insinuated and there's an intimacy there, it's not physical intimacy. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, ah, oh, this is a problem, but at least they don't do this. Right. Yeah, I mean, that was one of my biggest hangups too, especially like, because he's a, I don't know, centuries-year-old god. Um, <laughs> he's like hanging out outside for high school and asking her about her tests and how it went. <laughs> um, but I will say like, not in defense of, but also it's not like, our media doesn't do that right. either. Right. It's, it's with everyone. That's why I was like talking right. about the House of Dragons. Like they do that too. Right. Even worse to the point that they have sexualized scenes. Right. So that's to me, of course, like it's such a like a conversation. But the double standards that exist yeah. definitely is there. Right. Um, yeah. Kind of thought the same thing about Drama World because I had to check the age of the leading actress to the leading protagonist, male's protagonist, because I was like, that's a huge age jump. What's happening? Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I do think that's interesting, and that does show up a lot in our media, but I, it sort of goes back. I did, I know it's annoying, but I had so many of like, I see this in fan fiction all the time, but I do, it's that thing again with kind of the power gap, the kind of like the age gap, the power dynamic, and it's just playing out in these dramas, which I think there's a like multitude of reasons why that's happening. Right. But yeah, that that was certainly something where I was like, okay, yeah. Everyone seems to be okay, right? We're all good here, right? <laughs> I know we all have to check in. I'm like, everything okay? Everything kosher uh, here? Okay, okay, <laughs> great. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. 
So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Okay, so what else did you watch? I watched The Island. So I only watched two episodes of The Island, so you've made it way farther than I did in that one. (laughs) I watched The Swindlers and The Suspect. That was my list. That is what I did. Okay. Uh, I did not watch. I don't... I think there was a mix-up because I did not watch the show The Island. I watched the Korean movie The Island, which oh. did have a lot of these themes. Um, so, but there's which actually, is a like, popular movie, but no, that's not <laughs> the one I was talking about. Well, there was a slight mix-up then. Um, <laughs> I, I was impressed. I was like, oh, I couldn't you watched let, the whole thing I, I was like, that? should I let her believe that? And I was like, no, oh, she'll ask a well, question. I was about to ask you about it. So I think it would be pretty obvious. No. You are not. We're not talking about the same one. No. Um, it is a fantasy series in which it is also has time travel. I think one of the biggest appeals for me when it comes to, you know what, when it comes to Game of Thrones as well as Korean dramas like this, there's so much history, mm-hmm. uh, especially when it comes to traditions, and there's so many mystical ideas out there pertaining to specific histories that it is it has a wide array of plot. Abilities Like, there's so many things that you could go through yeah. and not know. And so, the island, similar, is more action-packed and a little more horror-based mm-hmm. than Goblin slash Guardian, because obviously that's a little more romantic rather than this one. I did also have you do two K-movies, K-drama movies, and again, Gong Yu. Sorry, he's just, he's just, I just love him and mm-hmm. I adore him. And don't tell me anything bad. Actually, do tell me so if there's some bad things that I need to know about him. But right now, he has a place in my heart. Um, and The Suspect is actually the first movie I saw with him, which mm-hmm. I believe he did soon after he was discharged from his military stint that he is uh, required to do in South Korea. And it has a, a very common theme that many of the South Korean movies have, which is the North Korean, South Korean spy. Yeah. aspect. It does. It is very reminiscent of the Bourne identity. Yes, mm-hmm. I know. But it's Gong Yoon. I love it. And apparently he and the actress who portrays the reporter has actually done several movies together. Um, so they, and just one recently, that's supposed to be really good. Um, so, but it is, it also has the losing of the wife, uh, turned enemy thing, finding of the child. There's always a child involved. Yeah. And of course, a lot of fighting and a lot of guns. And mm-hmm. the one angry good guy who you don't really root for because he's always angry and the one dorky dude who is kind of the clown. That mm-hmm. is in many of those movies. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about that movie? I liked it a lot. I, I would say for both of them, excellent action sequences, 
kind of surprisingly more, maybe this is just me, but I was like, wow, this has got violent pretty quick. Or like yeah. sad, like a death very quickly that yeah, very you're supposed quickly. to be like connect to. And I'm like, wait a minute, whoa. <laughs> they do tragedy very quickly. Yes. I will say that. Uh, same thing with the swindler. They immediate like death yeah. and you're like, what just happened? Uh, but there's a lot of like twists and turns where you kind of enjoy it. You definitely have the villain. Like there's an obvious villain. Uh, it did kind of like go through the... Ocean's Eleven type of trip because mm-hmm. you don't quite know what's happening. Right. Somewhat predictable, but not quite predictable. I really enjoyed it, though. I think like both of those movies, it's violent, but wholesome. <laughs> yeah. It, it, Can we it say was, it that way? It was like Born Identity. It wasn't like anything yeah. that we don't see a lot in our American right. media at all. I think I was just right. like not expecting the like, oh, that person's dead now. Immediately. Right. <laughs> you, have, you have the catalyst and the right. immediate things. Yeah. Um, both of those things. I didn't even give you the movies that I liked that are traumatic. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to do this to you because it's bad. We've talked it's about real some bad. of those, yeah. though. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I will say Korean horror movies do not hold back. No. And they will mess with you real hard. The real revenge hard. movies. Same thing. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. Like, I've been traumatized by those. Mm-hmm. When they go in... <laughs> they go all the way in, it seems. <laughs> um, well, well, Annie, thank you so much for joining me in this journey as I talk about some of the things that I have rediscovered in this familiarity in K-dramas and also about why and how uh, the U.S. and non-Korean people are just falling in love and continuing to fall in love. I really do hope that it continues to grow because I feel like it does open up a lot of uh, conversations and ways. Again, I want to get Marissa's opinion on some things. I would love to hear her mother's opinions on some of these things as well because I know she's got a list waiting for you as well. I'm interested in this list. Well, that's why I had the pictures on my phone ready to go because I sent your list to her to give to uh-huh. her mom. But yeah, I really want to see this list as well. Uh, yeah, I'm intrigued. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you for the the homework. I had a good time doing it. Um, I'm sure we will revisit it soon. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And listeners, if you've got any recommendations. I have a feeling there's some good recommendations out there. Yes. Please let us know. You can email us at stephaniamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at Podcast or on Instagram and TikTok at Stuff I Never Told You. You can also find us on YouTube. Um, thanks as always to our super producer, Christina, our executive producer, Maya, and contributor extraordinaire, Joey. We couldn't do it without you. Thank you so much. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite favorite shows. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, 
Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit tomboyx.com to shop.